Hey there, it's Melinda from Hope When There Was None. I am a survivor of both childhood abuse and later domestic violence. I've been free since 2009 and have been sharing my story and much recently sharing stories from others in order to inspire, empower, and educate. So if you found any value in any of these episodes, please do me a favor and share. Maybe somebody needs a dose of positivity to know that they're not alone. My goal is to break open the darkness and to let there be light. Have a great rest of your day and thanks for tuning in. Bye. Hey there, it's Melinda, and I am coming to talk about, so what happens, and I'm going to get into like the 72 hours after you leave an abuse, but a question that I'm often asked is, after leaving, how soon will my abuser, you know, will I get divorced? Will they stop abusing me and so on? I can't answer that. Every situation looks different for everybody. It's going to look I've heard situations where some survivors actually get their divorce done or separation done like right away. It's kind of crazy. And I think that's awesome. At the same time, they're able to get that person break free. They come to an agreement. It works out and boom, they're done. And it's, it's always kind of amazing to me because I'm on the other spectrum where I didn't have that. My situation was long and it took, it seemed like it took forever in order for me to, for us to come into some sort of agreement. And it was rather frustrating as well. Um, but I do believe that it lessens over time, especially if a person that um, narcissist, a toxic person, what do you want to call them? Perpetrator, abuser, whatever the name for that person is for you. If they get their new supply, and what I mean by that, if it's somebody else that they kind of, um, they start to romance and serenade to get into their life, then you're kind of put uh, to the wayside, if you want to say that, if you want to just kind of color it that way. They're no longer interested in you for a time because now they're, they've are they got somebody else on the hook. It, I've noticed that they cannot seem, this person cannot seem to be without somebody to scapegoat or black sheep or, or to be in their life for very long. So even if it's like a toxic family member and all of a sudden you're on the outs, but then they've now they've latched on to Cousin Hillary or Uncle Jim. I'm just throwing out names there. Um, then they have that new person to go ahead and, you know, things, of course, are hunky-dory. Everything looks okay. It is very heartbreaking, but not surprising to me to hear from people when they say, my goodness, it hasn't even been two weeks yet, and he's already got a new girlfriend or she's already got a new boyfriend. I am not surprised because this is something that's pretty typical. It's not, maybe not the norm, but it is pretty typical that they're already looking, um, dating. It might even be one of your old friends, which really hurts if it was somebody that was already in your circle and they already know what this person did to you, but yet they are, they were supposed to be your friend and here they are dating your, your ex. So that can be very hurtful. And Again, it depends on the amount of control this person wants to have. My ex wanted to continue that control. He wanted to assert that. So every step of the way throughout our divorce, it was a roller coaster. If it wasn't one thing, it was another. But of course, 
letting his true colors show to the court was nothing that I did over time. That that niceness, that that awesomeness that he was trying to show everybody in court and the attorneys broke. And he then showed his own true colors. I didn't have to do anything. In the very beginning, it was so frustrating because it seems like everybody loves this person. They are not seeing him for what he is, but he broke. Is that something that happens often? I'll be honest with you, no. Unfortunately, there are times when this person, these people are able to maintain that, that um, behavior. So they, if it's want to call it a covert abuser, or they're just so dang good, no one knows. They hold that, that composure, that, that position of power where they are the ones that are in the right and you are the crazy one. They hold on to that. And for the longest time, my ex did that. And it was very frustrating. And I, my heart goes out to those that are going through that, where that abuser is maintaining that composure. And is, it seems like they're getting away with everything, whether they're breaking your your order protections or your order protections are not getting granted again because your abuser does not look like or sound like or is doing anything abusive to you. Maybe you don't have scars. Maybe you don't have physical bruises, but maybe they threatened you. People can't see threats. And so that makes them not want to believe. It's a police officer told me it's often he said, she said in these situations, and it's very frustrating for them to actually shine a light on who's telling the truth. And a lot of times there are women even that come forward. And a lot of times it's women that bring false charges against men. And so he said, what this hap what happens is then police officers have a hard time with believing women. They want to side with the women, but they can't because of these times where there's false reports. And so that makes it very frustrating to deal with law enforcement. And there is some empathy. There is some lack of empathy. There's some lack of compassion too. But I, now that I'm on the other side, I can understand that. I can. I can understand that to some degree. Um, but I'm not going to get on the law enforcement. They have a tough job. And they were, despite some of my roller coaster, they were nothing but, honestly, they were very helpful in my situation. They were very helpful and accommodating, very forthright. And I didn't have any issues. Many times... I had to remain calm and try to also have my hold my own composure while I was dealing with law enforcement. I don't know if that was the right thing to do, but I do know that that is a struggle with many victims or survivors in these sort of situations. So I, I don't know what the right answer is for any of these. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. And again, I'm not an attorney. I'm not a counselor. I'm just somebody that's been there. Our situations are going to look so different, radically different, even though some of the times when you talk with another victim, survivor, your stories seem to sound so much like another story, like so much like yours. Many times you can actually bond over this and um, just those similarities because it's hard if somebody in your circle has never dealt with a toxic relationship, whether in the family or intimate partner, or maybe your child, maybe your child is somebody that's abusing you. 
if somebody hasn't been there, they don't understand. So you can, and I'm going to encourage you to find a support group. And, and I do have the Survivors Cafe, but find somebody that resonates with you. But be mindful. And I had to do this myself. I had to step away from support groups on Facebook because many of the stories that you do find in these groups and even my own can be hard to hear. It can also re-trigger you. Um, I also went ahead and did a lot of book reading soon after leaving my my uh, my abuser. And honestly, some of those triggered me. There are even some, I just got done and I've had this on my bookshelf forever. The Body Keeps Score. I actually had it in my Kindle forever. I couldn't read that. I could not because I was listening to what everybody else was saying. I could not physically bring myself to read that only because I knew it would re-trigger me. And because I knew the books that I had read prior to this, oh, some of them I couldn't even finish. I might go and back and finish those now. But there were some really hard ones that I couldn't read. Um, and I'm starting just now, 14 years out, 13 years out, 12 years out, to start to really start reading many of those books. Because I think I've come to a place where I'm not as triggered. Now, do I still have, excuse me, moments? Yes. And I am still struggling with a lot of different issues. I do still have, I'm, I'm challenged. Let's say I'm challenged. People pleasing. Um, I still have issues with that. I don't like confrontations. I don't like them. Um, I have a hard time with that. I have time where I'm getting to a point now where I'm trying to debate where I want to go for a workplace, but I know I don't think I want to do customer service again because that's very triggering for me. Even just talking about it, it's making my shoulders kind of bunch up. I can feel it in my neck, but learning also what are my triggers? Learning, okay, what does it feel like in my body when I'm upset? Am I? Do I feel like crying? Does my stomach hurt? Um, can I feel it in my neck and shoulders? Start bringing more awareness to me and how the stress, even normal day stress affects me, has been very healing too. Now, am I still in a funk sometimes after these events happened or after I've, I've come into some sort of combative problem or something where I'm triggered? Yeah, it might take me a week or two to get out of that funk. So I encourage you, you know, just to give yourself some grace, give yourself some time, give yourself um, at that moment where you need to yell or scream or cry and, um, you know, just do that. Whatever your body is telling you to do, go ahead and go with it. I mean, as long as it's legal, <laughs> but go ahead and allow yourself to feel. It could be feeling and just talking with some friends. And uh, I am so blessed to have quite a few people in my life and, um, you know, I really appreciate that, especially Miss Amanda and Kelly um, and Miss Joe and Laura. I am just so blessed to have these ladies in my life that I can bounce ideas off of and, and Kathy. And uh, if I'm having a moment where I need to talk with somebody in Charmaine, um, I am just so blessed that I can reach out to one of these ladies or all of them and just say, OK, I, I need I need a moment. I just need to decompress. I need to talk. Um, I need to cry. What are your thoughts? Amanda's my go-to person for because she's like, you know, F that person. <laughs> Just don't let it get to you. And I need to like channel my inner Amanda because I think everybody needs Amanda, an inner Amanda. And, um, just, you know, even my sisters, I can go bounce ideas off of them or, or talk with them. 
but please try and, and find somebody in your own circle. And if you don't have that person, I'm going to encourage you to step out and find that person for you. You know, even if it's, you know, sometimes when I even talk to survivors, I do let a little ghetto get out. Like I did call somebody the D word or her partner. It's like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to say it here. I said, he's a dick. And I don't often mean to say words like that. And she's a good Christian lady. I mean, a good Christian lady. And um, it's just like, oh, I did not mean to say that. But I also want to be me. I am not um, a holy roller, Bible thumper. I am somebody that on occasional and especially lately, I felt the need to feel the need to let bad words fly. And, you know, I think I've mentioned this in many podcasts that I don't do it. But this year has been the year of Melinda saying bad words and cursing. And I don't know what it is, but it's this year. And I try to let my words be seasoned with salt. But lately they've been seasoned with some pepper, some spicy pepper. So, yes, yeah, so you might get some of those words from time to time out of my mouth. And I'm going to say this unapologetically that I just want to be me. And if we resonate together and, you know, whether it's talking one-on-one -on -one, or maybe you come to a coffee meetup, we are having one in Northwest Indiana this weekend on Saturday, I should say, from 10 to noon at a um, undisclosed, undisclosed location, message me privately if you'd like to meet. If it's in your area, then fine, let's go, let's talk. Though there's actually going to be two other gals showing up and uh, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. This is a great time for togetherness, for community, just to talk about the weather or talk whatever's on your plate right now. But I hope you have a gr great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to me ramble on and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I do have a couple great survivor stories coming up the following week, starting on Sunday. So talk to you soon. If you had any questions about this, you need to talk. Again, my phone number 219-819-0608, 219-819-0608, or message me privately. Find me on social media. Stay safe and God bless.